0: KFI AM 640 live everywhere on the iHeart app. This is the Bill Handel Show. Bill is on vacation, but he is back on Monday at 10 o'clock in for Gary and Shannon, Brad Garrett. And if that name rings a bell, it should because he is on this program regularly. He is a crime and terrorism analyst and a former FBI agent currently with ABC News And he'll be holding down the fort today and tomorrow for Gary and Shannon. And before that at 9.30, the handsome, the successful, the sweet as can be Mo Kelly is going to come in here and talk to me about some great entertainment news, including, oh my God, what a scandal with a couple of venerable showbiz women are entrenched in, wait till you hear about it with Mo and me at 930. Some of the top stories we're watching for you right now. Derek Chauvin is supposed to be sentenced today in a federal courtroom for the federal charges in connection with the murder of George Floyd. He, of course, already was sentenced on the state murder charges. And also in Russia, Brittany Griner came to court today and apparently pled guilty to possessing that cannabis vape cartridge. Now we have to wait and see what they do in terms of a sentence. And this is going to amp up the pressure on the Biden administration to do something to get her out of there, particularly if they pull a stunt like sending her to a work camp for 10 years. It's hard to know what directive Vladimir Putin has given in terms of how she should be sentenced. And please don't tell me that he has not weighed in and told the court there exactly what he wants to happen. But it's a matter of what he wants. Whatever happens to her will be whatever Vladimir Putin thinks is best for his objectives. And it could be, I kind of had my fingers crossed, it could be that he thinks what's best for the optics for everything he's involved with right now is to let her go. In other words. She committed a crime. We took her to court. She admitted she committed a crime. So we were not we were not illegally holding her. She wasn't a political prisoner, everybody. She did it. She did the thing we said she did. We're good. And now we've decided time served is enough. She's been in prison since February. That's good enough. We're going to let her go. And maybe he's looking for something uh, to take the stink off of the other stuff that he's doing in the world. So as soon as we know. You'll know right here at KFI. And I don't know if you're a little sad, but Boris Johnson has resigned as the prime minister of the UK, and uh, he will stay in office until they get his replacement set up, but but he's gone, and uh, you might miss that guy. He certainly was quite a character. And one thing about him is... His hair? Well, that was one thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing about him, I heard I heard a rumor that uh, they were thinking about just installing his hair as interim prime minister. Oh, well, it is lively. Another thing about him is that when he became prime minister, he was already super, super famous for his hair. Well, partly, but for a bunch of other the only person that ever became prime minister who was who was maybe more famous at the time, was Winston Churchill. Because he started out, he was a journalist, and he wrote novels, and he was a TV personality, and uh, then he managed to get elected twice to be mayor of London. So by the time he went into 10 Downing Street, everybody knew about this guy, and he was already known to be a hell of a character. You know what he did? Early in his career, he was a journalist. And this is way before Brexit before there was a Brexit movement. And he was working for the Telegraph, and they put him in Brussels, which is where the EU is headquartered. And this was like in 1989. And the that paper at the time was already kind of like, eh, Europe, we don't really love the rest of Europe so much. So he started writing these crazy stories to make the EU look bad. And then the EU would have to debunk them. And I'll just give you an example of one. It might be the most famous one. He wrote an article claiming that the EU was going to ban the sale of bendy bananas, if a bana- <laughs> that they were going to have a standard for how bent or curved a banana could be. And if it was too curved, you wouldn't be allowed to sell it. That, of course, was completely fake. But he wrote it, the EU debunked it, and nobody got that mad at him. Well, he moved up the ranks in journalism, TV. He gets elected twice as mayor in London, which is not a conservative town. I mean, that's a hell of a feat that he did. And finally, he was able to become prime minister. And then too many scandals. The COVID parties, that didn't help him. The uh, misusing money to fix up his house, that didn't help. But none of those things killed his prime ministership. This is what it took to finally tip him over the edge and have to resign and cause a bunch of other people in his administration to resign. And it had to do with uh somebody in his cabinet, Chris Pincher, was accused of sexual assault. And he and Pincher resigned and he never said yes I sexually assaulted, but he did say I drank too much and I embarrassed myself. So he kind you know, he wasn't really denying it. And then Boris Johnson said, oh, I never heard about any of this before. And it turned out he had known for years that Chris Pincher was being accused of such things. And that was, I guess, the last straw. People defected from his administration. Everybody told him he had to quit. And he finally took their advice. So you won't have old Boris Johnson to kick around anymore. Or his hair. Or his hair. He should uh, put out a line of uh, Halloween. I guess there already are Halloween costumes of him and his hair.
1: You know what? His hair needs a Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> so we can keep up on it. You know, is it, it now that he's no longer going to be in the spotlight? It's like oh, when man. Dr. Burke smell... had the, you know, the scarf Twitter handle.
0: Yeah. I smell a sick NFT collab between <laughs> uh, Boris Johnson's hair and Devin Nunes' cow.
1: Yes. <gasps>
0: yes. John Horton was a guy who went to jail here in LA. And when he was 22, he was at the Twin Towers Correctional Facility and he died. And the coroner took a look and the cops took a look and the ruling was uh, suicide. And people do, they do commit suicide in jail and prison. It absolutely happens. However, however, there was evidence of physical trauma that was found by the medical examiner's office. So John Horton's mom has filed a wrongful death lawsuit. This has been going on for a while, by the way. Filed that lawsuit. The county settled $2 million paid. Now what she's trying to do is try to get a murder case reopened. The idea being that the Even though the medical examiner found evidence of physical trauma on her son, ultimately ruled that it was suicide. And why would that happen? Well, that would happen if the medical examiner is in too tight with the cops. That's the theory. Now, the whole role of coroners, medical examiners, forensic pathologists, whatever you want to call them, they're generally the same thing, that really came to light, I think. I mean, it's been in the news from time to time in big cases and then the George Floyd case, oh my gosh, because you have these dueling medical examiners saying completely opposite things. And that's what happens sometimes. How did this person die? Well, they slipped on some milk in their kitchen and they hit their head on a granite countertop and they died. No, 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 no. That's not what happened. You know what happened? They sat down in a comfortable chair and drank some cyanide. No, that's not what happened. Here's what happened. A rabid weasel came in through the window and bit them to death. Now, that's an exaggeration of how different coroner's reports can be, but it's not it's not that much of an exaggeration. Here's the thing. Uh, researchers have been looking at this issue of autopsies for a while, and they call it the science of death. That's what they're investigating. There's, there's, When somebody dies and you're trying to figure out what happened, there's obviously science that you bring to the table. Is the science that's being used good? If it's good, is it being used correctly and consistently that is what researchers have been looking into so here's one report and this is a pretty recent report it's out of ucla they have two different programs over there they have the carceral ecologies lab that deals with issues of of jail basically jails and prisons and the biocritical studies lab they took a look at 59 deaths that happened in la county jails over a 10-year period ending ending by the way in 2019 and they found that of all the cases that were classified by the coroner as a natural death, that those inmates had a history of mental illness. And over half of those cases, there was evidence of physical violence on the body. And that this phenomenon was disproportionate to black and Latino men, the conclusion being uh, people are dying over there, and a lot of times the coroner is maybe covering up some bad behavior on the part of the sheriff staff. There's also a controversy, um, and I don't know who's right, but UCLA says they asked for certain autopsies and they weren't given them. And the medical examiner coroner's office here in L.A. County says that's not true. I don't know if that's true or not, but there's another layer of controversy. But here's another thing. Okay, so what's going on? Why would a coroner in any way skew knowingly or subconsciously uh, what they're doing with an autopsy? Well, they also found that in the of the 59 cases that they looked at. For 51 of them. There were law enforcement officials there. That is not a good idea. And in fact, the president of the, um, I forgot the name of the organization now, so please forgive me, but the president of the national organization that that represents medical examiners, I think it might just be the National Association of Medical Examiners, uh, but I know her name is Dr. Catherine Paneri because I've seen her in the news a lot. And I, she said, look, You don't want to do this. You want to separate the medical examiners from the law enforcement. Now, there's a problem doing that in California because although in L.A. County, the coroner's office and the sheriff's department are are separate agencies, most of the counties in California, they're not. It's the same agent. The sheriff is also the coroner. And this is true in other parts of the country as well. In California, there's only 10 of the counties where they're separate. So 48 counties, the sheriff is, in fact, the coroner, making it impossible, really, to separate the, the, the needs, the wants, the theories of the cops from the work that the coroners are doing, because it's literally the same agency. They are true colleagues. There is a bill up in Sacramento that would change that. And there's another bill up there that would require the death certificate to stay whether that person died in law enforcement custody and whether they died at the hands of law enforcement officials and i guess the idea there is to try to have some more transparent data because the journal the lancet released a study and it said over half of fatal encounters with the police over a period of what was from 1980 to 2018 it's a pretty long time. Over half of them were misclassified in the national vital statistics system, and that means specifically the cause of death was wrong in that system. So if you put it, if you put this information on the death certificate, they hope that that'll uh, align that data in a more accurate way. In any event, it, it it there can be an appearance of a conflict of interest, I suppose, if uh, the sheriff, if somebody dies in law enforcement custody and the sheriff is also the coroner, that can look like a conflict of interest. And even if they're not the same agency, if they're too um, buddy-buddy, and if detectives are there at the autopsy, that can look like potentially a conflict of interest. Whether or not coroners are being unduly influenced, I don't know. They say they're not. The medical examiner's office says this is all bogus. We are independent. We do the job the way we do the job. And you know, we don't we're not influenced by the sheriff's department, but it's definitely causing a lot of uh, investigation, speculation and legislation up in Sacramento. Handle on the news. Late edition. Great world, great world. It excellent. It was on a sweet Thursday, Monday
1: all had Thursday does not have game when it comes I'd to music.
0: Not, for, not to songs. That nobody's passed. written a super hard rocker and about Thursday.
1: Thursday. Thursday, it's the most badass day of the week. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're laughing like it's not going to be a
0: top 10. Um, well, I, you got to flesh it out. Hey, it's KFI six <laughs> forty live everywhere on the iHeart app, and it's the Bill Handel show. I'm kind of glad he's not here to hear this going on. He would not approve. He is back from his vacation on Monday, so Jen, get it all out now. I'm trying, I'm trying. It's good when the teacher's gone. Hey, coming up uh, in around. Oh, I hate having to do time math in my head. Twenty and twenty in about forty to forty-five minutes. There'll be a chance to win $1,000 here on KFI. And then in about 50, 55 minutes or so, Mo Kelly's going to join us to talk about uh, entertainment. And then in for Gary and Shannon today, ABC News crime and terrorism analyst, former FBI agent Brad Garrett is going to be filling in uh, today and tomorrow. So there's a lot of stuff going on on this here radio station now. I would say we do some Handle on the News Late Edition right now. And I would also say it's Jennifer Jones, Lee, and me. Lead story. Oh, yes. The father of the gunman in the Highland Park, Illinois massacre has been talking to ABC News. Idiot. He's also hired a lawyer. They've hired a lawyer. You know who their lawyer is?
1: Uh... Counsel, dumb guy for letting his well, client go and talk to abc news and say stuff like you're about to hear steve
0: greenberg is his
1: name
0: and he used to represent so i was just gonna say can you hear me doing a drum roll or not yes r kelly oh and that went well so coming off a great success Here comes Steve Greenberg, uh, because Greenberg is also saying things about the situation to the press. For example, uh, before I tell you what his dad said, what the killer's dad said, Greenberg said, the parents want everyone to realize that they are suffering along with everyone else. Shut up. It's not, I don't, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to steal, um... Uh, some of John Cobalt's trademarked things on the air, but shut up because nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear it. How many people want to hear it? None. No people. They don't want to hear
1: what the parents are saying. We don't want to hear from the attorney that the parents are going through stuff, nor do we want to hear what the parents are saying.
0: Yeah, well, anyway, so that's the lawyer saying he wants you to know they're suffering too. Really? Are they do they have to pick out a child-sized coffin? Wow. Rough. Actually, I don't think anybody. You know what? That was I went for the overdramatic thing to make a point. I think actually in this case, nobody has to pick out a child-sized coffin.
1: Thankfully, but that still doesn't mean that seven families out there.
0: I was going for pure manipulation to make a point, and I screwed it up. Let me try it again. Um do they do they have to help a two-year-old pick out coffins for her parents
1: exactly
0: all right point well made anyway he says this is a real shock to him that his kid would do something like this and you know how he knows you want to know the deep psychological vetting i do the deep uh, understanding of his child's mind because they asked him if he had any plans for the fourth and he said no he didn't have any plans oh so what a surprise that he had massive plans What a shocker. He said he didn't. I have a question. Yes. Did
1: you, I know your parents are both gone now, so I feel like it's a safe zone in case you've been trying to keep this to yourself. No. Did you ever lie to your parents?
0: Oh, please, constantly.
1: Sometimes I feel like I still have to do little white lies to my parents.
0: Sometimes you do.
1: Having said that, it is outrageous to me, not just that they said, oh, but look, he told us he wasn't doing anything tomorrow. The fact of the matter is these parents are coming out saying it's society's fault and the community's fault for letting him get his hands on a gun when they were the ones who have admitted that they knew that their son had threatened to kill them all, yes, that their son had tried to commit suicide in the past, yes. and that it was up to the people who granted... The gun license that his father signed for, mm-hmm. it was somehow up to those authorities to dig into his background and find out that information, that it wasn't the onus on the father. Although if I read what is um, from a FOID, which is the uh, basically where you Fire sign owner
0: identification,
1: where a parent can sign that to say that, yes, my child is under 21, but I will still give them permission. Yes. Kind of like being the cosigner on something. Right. In a, mm-hmm. in a sense. From what I read earlier, you also, though, if you are um, somebody who knows that this person has mental health issues or has had threatening behaviors in the past, it is on you. The onus is on that person to not let that individual get that firearm license.
0: The responsible thing would have been to say no,
1: son. So this dad is saying just because I didn't say no doesn't mean that it's not on you, community. But there was
0: nothing. Nothing happened with this kid that would have allowed the state to deny him
1: because the parents did not file charges the night that their son was detained after they called the cops on their own kid for making threats to kill the family.
0: They didn't file charges. They didn't file. They didn't go to court for a firearm restraining order petition against their son. So, yeah, there could have been something that would have stopped him, but they chose not to do it. I think this reminds me of the parents of that kid in Michigan. Oh, from from the school shooting? At least at least they had one tiny little sliver of decency and went into hiding.
1: I think the reason that this story is I'm so sort of enraged by it is because it's my job at the station to figure out the facts, right? I'm just supposed to present the facts. I'm putting all the facts out there and what the parents are saying is like trying to disprove the facts that I have right in front of me. Yeah. And that is the that, that's the part when you when somebody when you say, hey, look, the sky is blue. And the, the person goes, no, it's not. It's purple. No, but I'm looking at it. It's blue. No, it's not. It's purple. Well,
0: yeah. he's had he's had. Guess what? He's had a lot of um, encouragement to act that way by certain people in our society to say things that are blatantly not true. Well,
1: we've been talking about this in the news all morning, and I have been feverishly watching for some sort of update on this. But WNBA star Brittany Greiner pleaded guilty in Russia this morning to charges of possession and drug smuggling. And her attorney came through and said, here's the deal. She uh, acted unintentionally. She admits that the cannabis oil was in there, but she was packing in haste and didn't actually mean to take it with her. Now, the deal is she could face up to 10 years in prison on this. I'm waiting to see. Does and I don't know how court in Russia works. Does the sentence come down immediately after a verdict is reached? Does a or or, you know, guilty plea is entered or does she go back, as you mentioned earlier, into custody? And then a few weeks later, she comes back out. I don't know, but I'm keeping an eye out just in case anything happens.
0: All right. Very good. Um Oh no, an eight-year-old girl was with her family on the Twisted Colossus at Magic Mountain and got hit in the face with somebody's cell phone that flew out of their hand. I think I mean I think she's gonna be okay, except this is not a minor annoyance. Ten stitches.
1: Yeah, that's a lot.
0: That's a bad one. And head wounds bleed a lot. They always say it looks worse than it is when it's a head wound. But can you the parents must have been inconsolable the whole time and why is some jerk uh riding a roller coaster with his cell phone out in his hand and also now they're saying the parents are saying that you know you you can imagine there was a hubbub and the ride stopped and emts came over and there's a whole bunch of stuff going on and that the guy came over and he was just looking for his phone and they claim that he said something like, hey, just get over it. It's not that big a deal. If that's the case. Now that may not be true. I don't know why Mm. they would. If he had come over and said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And how can I help? I don't think they would turn around and stab him in the back like that.
1: I did think that Six Flags um, statement left some holes because it said our ride safety policy strictly prohibits all loose articles on rides. Press pause there. This person, say it is this guy who made this jerky comment, let's assume it is him, he can say, It wasn't loose. I had it in my hand. And it was no, because brother. I hit a bump. And that's why. And he can say, All I was doing was taking a selfie and they started the ride too fast or they, t- whatever it happened to be. I can now. just see that in that statement, that his attorney, if they were a good attorney, would be able to go like, Bob was holding it securely. It was your ride that it's jerked. Be a big or argument. Your, yeah.
0: It's be a big argument about how responsible Six Flags is over what happened.
1: Oh, can we talk about this rapper?
0: Well, uh, a a guy is going to plead guilty in federal court to fraud. He committed COVID-19 fraud. He would use the identities of other people in order to get COVID uh, unemployment benefits. And the thing about him, there's two interesting things about him. One of them is he is a rapper who goes under the rap name Nuke Bizzle. And also, he rapped about committing COVID-19 fraud. Well, listen, here's the thing. I thought that, uh, I mean, there are different styles of rap and different kinds of rappers, but definitely a large portion of rap is about rapping about your life and your experiences So if he, you know, I guess that's what he was up to. So that's what he was rapping about.
1: Because I rabbit hole on this show way too often, I decided to look up Nuke Bizzle. Oh, yeah. This song is called E.D.D. Uh-huh. It is by Nuke Bizzle and Fat Wizza. And in the corner of the video, uh, it's like a two and a half minute video on YouTube, the E.D.D. logo is in the bottom oh, corner. Oh,
0: man. Well, there you go. What are the chances that you could play any of it? Uh, the problem is, you know, I don't know if he's a filthy mouth rapper or, or if he's common. This is it. Get ready, oh, Tyler. He's involved
1: in Hold on. I'm going to start back over just so you can get a flavor at the beginning. Let's get from Tyler, you're I'm ready? You ready? Yes. Let's yeah, go. he's. Okay. I can see it. Right. Okay, here we go. Explosive again.
0: Is no you know,
1: 2020 the unbelievable.
0: E D. out. I did the swipe up for EVD. All right. And, and it got, shows him news. It sounded like he had an audio of a newscast about
1: the in the background. And he's got he got the video. I'm watching this. So Nuke Bizzle and Fat Wizza. Are going to a mailbox, stealing mail, going to the next mailbox, stealing some more mail, and then taking the cards from the mail to get the money that they are then throwing around in this video, like making it rain kind yeah, of money yeah, of all over a computer. All
0: right, well, then it probably wasn't hard to uh, convince him that he was gonna be convicted, because that video would have been evidence. What for... about Fat Wizza? Well, a Fat Wizza may have just been producing on that track, laying down the sick beats, not necessarily responsible. <laughs> For the um, lyrical. What if everybody rapped about their crimes? I don't know. I mean, it looked like he it
1: looked like he was going to the mailbox, too. I'm just saying. I don't know. Maybe that's not him. I I have no idea. I took a
0: walk across the street and the light weren't even green, yo. Wow. I took the I tore the tag off of the mattress before I even sold it. Before I even sold it. And I own the store. Wait a minute. Thursday. Thursday minor rap, rapping. minor crime rapping, and really let's quickly, an album.
1: let's squeeze this in.
0: Monday, Monday, happy days. Tuesday, Wednesday,
1: happy days. Look who is running for mayor of Ohio! Happy Days actor Anson Williams. Are they going to call him Mayor Potsey? Henry oh, okay. Winkler, by the way, has already endorsed him.
0: That's going to help. Uh, it's the Fonz. Yeah, would would. The fonts, but also all the other stuff. Henry Winkler is possibly the most beloved man in show. I, I would pay money for an opportunity to hug Henry Winkler.
1: Oh, me too. For charity. I would donate we'll
0: do it. a sizable sum of money to a charity of his choice if I could just get a hug with Henry Winkler. All right, here's what we're going to do. Let's get a news update from... Jennifer Jones Lee, and then we'll continue the Bill Handel show on KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeart app. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Oh, a book club!
1: Computer solitaire, huh?
0: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino.